0: hello and welcome to the latest episode of the kids media club podcast i'm andy williams
1: i'm emily horgan and we are talking fast and kids media today with the very lovely marianne ranger marianne would you like to introduce yourself to our audience
2: hi guys yeah thank you for uh having me Marion ranger i'm the founder of the local i consultancy um it's a streaming video consultancy i'm helping companies launch and grow uh, in western europe and I've been kind of, you know, fascinated by FAST
1: uh, these last uh, 18 months. So happy to be here to chat about that. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, myself and Marianne um, published a kind of co-created article um, recently, which kind of delved into the, into the area of kids and FAST. Um, I know even feedback from that, from, from, we've had from that article um, has been great. And I also know from speaking about people about, about kids and FAST, I feel like there we need we need to start at the basics fast for dummies. Um, yeah, and,
0: and, I, and I'm going to be that dummy because I don't <laughs> know anywhere near enough about fast.
1: I love that. Um, yeah, so it would just be good to kind of like don't don't hold back on going too basic. Okay, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's good because it's Friday. Uh, okay, fantastic. Well. What I can say is the first time I heard about FAST, I was actually working at uh, Roku, which is this massive US company operating both on the CTV uh, and advertising uh, landscape. And these guys had this service within their ecosystem called the Roku channel. And initially they were mostly catering to AVOD, right? Uh, At the time, they were catering to any genre, and it was one way for them to, I wouldn't say bypass, but minimize the impact of YouTube on their own platform, meaning that YouTube is a big portion of consumption for any CTV platform um, today. And so... Slowly but surely, they uh, moved their business from an on-demand business to fast. They weren't necessarily the first ones to do that. I'll, I'll get back to that, but that's the first time that I saw fast coming, you know, on my horizon. And I didn't think much of it. It looked like you know TV, so it's like yeah, okay, you know, it's mini channels. You know, why not another way for people to you know discover and uh, and watch content? That was in 2019. With uh, the pandemic it 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 literally blew up. I think people were craving for you know content to to watch and you know obviously maybe Svod wasn't enough and so the likes of Roku, Tubi, uh Pluto, etc. uh you know were skyrocketed. And this is when this buzz really started to 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 go on, and this is when we started talking about what fast is, right? And for a lot of people, it's just... Right-
0: and, uh, sorry on that, just to kind of... I'm going to take it back to real basics. Kind of, for somebody that just hadn't heard of FAST at all, um, what what actually is FAST?
2: Yeah, free ad-supported streaming TV, right? So the even the acronym um so th- this term was actually coined by a, a u.s analyst uh alan volk i think he regrets it now because it became this word where you know people put a lot of stuff and he doesn't necessarily agree with uh, with the definition of uh, 2024 but anyhow i think he did that at the time when he saw what 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 pluto was doing right and 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 pluto was started in 2014 so fast in a way goes this long back to 2014 The startup at the time was looking to enter not the SVOD uh, premium space, which they felt was, you know, uh, too crowded. And they took the angle of bringing free content to U.S. audiences, right? And the setup is different than for us here, you know, on this side of the ocean, where we do have a lot of free content. In the U.S., you know, at the time, not much was, was free. You were... You know, paying insane amount of money every month to get access to a lot of channels that you were not necessarily uh, interested in. And when they started, fast, these were, you know, mini channels. Uh, At the time, they looked more like playlists, right? So content stitched together and and they really did with what they could get their, you know, hands on. So the content was, you know, pretty old, uh, not really, you know, premium. Uh, super, you know, branded and everything, but that's how they got started. And as time went by, you know, they they garnered an audience and there was demand for it. And and this became this flywheel that brings us to, to what Fast is today. So it's free, it's ad supported, right? So you don't have to pay for it as a user, but you agree to be served ads. And what I often say about any ad-supported business, you know, uh, if you don't pay, you're the product. So, the fact that we interact with uh, content, all of those things that brings in, you know, data uh, that can then be used uh, for the sale of, you know, that advertising inventory to, you know, brands and advertisers uh, in in the space. It is. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, it's it definitely helps uh, this dummy um, get a get more of a handle on what it is,
1: and it, it's essentially like a linear experience, Marianne. Like you know that, that that's and that's maybe one of the differences with with the S pods, right? Like that from a user perspective, you don't have to go. You you pick your channel just like you do, like we've been doing for fifty years. You don't have to necessarily go and seek out a particular program unless you pick a you know whatever channel that's based on a single IP. But like you know. It's a li- it's kind of a linear experience from a user perspective. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and when you think of it, I don't think any of us ten years ago when you know SVOD was you know the king in town, the fact that we could choose to watch whatever we wanted whenever, at a at a set price, I think we thought this was it. You know, for our industry, I don't think anyone thought that linear would make a comeback and um it is making a comeback in the viewing experience uh through fast amongst uh other things and absolutely and i think the timing is interesting the fact that it really became something in 2020 with the pandemic it really goes hand in hand with this paradox of choice right so there's so much you know we're struggling to choose what to watch next and in the end you know there's some comfort in allowing ourselves to trust someone to program and decide for ourselves and so that's i think that's what really you know jump started fast uh and and today i wouldn't say that this will be the main way we consume content content but depending on you know uh the time of the week the time of the day the state we're in I think it's gonna feed, you know, uh, one of those need states, right? I want to be entertained, and so maybe I want to watch something lighter. And then, no, I won't go to Netflix to watch the latest drama. But yes, maybe I will be watching, you know, uh, over and over again uh, some factual content uh, on a fast platform.
1: Yeah, and then I suppose another distinction that and that's factored into this is like, rather than like a commercial linear channel that you know, like that's like ITV in the UK or TV3 in Ireland, um, you know, it's, what's democratised this is the technology that it's able to be delivered through a cloud, you know, like it, you don't need to have, you don't need to pay for space on a satellite like channels used to do for many, many years. Suddenly through the cloud and through the internet, um, we're able to, deli- that, that ability to deliver linear channels has been, you know, it's been democratised, it's, it's, it's available to, to far more people. Obviously it's not, Simple as you know, starting a YouTube channel or whatever. Maybe, maybe there, that will come. That time will come. But you know, it's and so so the opportunity is is just a lot more accessible to everyone. Whereas before, if you were starting a linear channel, it's like a big operation that only like a big company like a Disney or a or you know a Warner or a yeah, yeah. or a Paramount would choose to do. Is that, I mean, is and, that and fair? even
0: and even and even the smaller players in that case. I mean, as I understand it, if you wanted to buy a channel on. On Sky, um, it would cost you two hundred grand to to acquire the channel um, before you'd put any content on it. So, um, so the barriers to entry of having a channel were were pretty high, uh, and it feels like it's much more accessible to to people. I mean, following on from that, what what do you th- what are the opportunities for? for owners of content where previously, you know, it, it would have just been too expensive and too risky for them to explore. Who, who do you think fast channels uh, present a real opportunity for?
2: I think what's interesting is that who got started first. And as often, uh, I found, you know, with the latest business models and technologies that, you know, smaller, more, you know, niche players are actually the, the, the first movers in this space. Uh, it's not the big guys who think they have something to lose, who very often are worried about cannibalization and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the first few years of fast were, you know, mostly you know digital uh, brands, niche brands, and for them, you know, it was an opportunity to go get a new audience, additional revenue, push their brand, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, as time, you know, went because the model is, you know, has proven itself, right? So uh, in the U.S. mostly, I would say, at least from a, you know, a financial perspective, uh, you see more and more people coming uh, into the space, and the opportunity, I would say, there's one for everyone in theory, right? Meaning that uh, there's a set of there's a checklist of, you know, what makes you a potentially good fast channel but the good thing about it uh, this business the beauty of it i would say is that you can at least give it a go or take a look whereas to your point on broadcast TV, you don't even go there right so i think that's kind of the beauty of streaming and ott overall is that the first step is not as high you're not discouraged to just inquire, you know, and, 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 and make an ID for yourself or, you know, can I get into this? Is there something for myself? Um, in terms of the key, and, and when you say a good, a say, good
1: fast channel there, yeah. when you, when you say good fast channel there, it's like, like a, like a profitable fast channel, you know, like good is kind of a, 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 a big term.
2: Well, one, one that has, well, the, 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 the first metric is, you know, uh, are you live on platforms where you can reach an audience? Do you reach, you know, that audience? Do they spend a lot of time with you? Do they come back, etc.? So that's kind of the basics. But then, of course, because again, it's a flywheel. The more of that is going on, you know, the more uh, inventory you generate, and then the more potential, you know, revenues you 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 get, right? So it all starts with meeting your audience. If if there's one for your brand, for your content on, on a on a given platform in a given market. And then it's that iteration and this thing that, you know, uh, brings the juice, right? Um so and then yes, uh I would say I don't think if if I don't think good and profitable should necessarily go hand in hand because otherwise only Netflix is good. Right? Because only Netflix is profitable <laughs> and everyone else is good. so I, I, I don't think it's really necessarily equal good equals uh, profitable, but of course, uh, if if you have a, you know, a business that, you know, works well and you're making money, uh, then yes, for sure, you're you're happy to be in that business and it's a good business to be in.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then in terms of like those first steps, because, you know, we met we met at a conference around a year ago. And I knew a bit about fast. I definitely learned a lot more about fast at the at the OTT VOD professional com- conference in London last year. Just giving it a a plug there because I think it's gonna it's gonna be on in maybe next week. And you're at it. Um, I was surprised to like understand more about the area and that there's actually quite a lot of OTT service providers in this area where it's like, you know, when you're talking about making that first step, you know, it's again, it's not like YouTube. You don't just go to YouTube.com and like or like fast.com and just set up a fast channel. But what what the opportunity is, there's lots of OTT providers who are able to kind of help you on the journey, help with the, you know, provide, you know, cloud solutions for content management systems, playlisting, um integration with various platforms. And sometimes, or at least according to one person I spoke to there, and you might, you know, your your view on this would be very valuable, but sometimes it can be even done on a, on a profit share basis, you know, so that like, in terms of upfront, like upfront costs, you know, obviously there needs to be a certain amount of agreement and collaboration, and and you know, that needs to be addressed. But like, it's not even like that, you know, that two hundred thousand pound price tag of a linear channel. It's 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 not in that kind of scale at all. Is that is that correct, or was was I misled?
2: is the, 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 the stakeholders, right? It's a new set of players. So we're saying it's TV in the age of streaming. What's interesting is that it really started in the US with the connected TV guys and with p- p- players like uh, you know Pluto, TV, and the likes. And initially, the, these ones were making the markets, meaning that you know they were the one going to companies to push companies to launch channels, right? That's how it starts at first. Any new business model essentially you can't do anything without content so you need to convince content people to you know get on board when these guys started then of course you needed you know a technical enabler and that's where companies again mostly out of the US because this is where you know this was happening only at first uh, at the time companies like Amagi, Viewlr, Otera got into that game right of facilitating the creation of a channel from, to your point, you know, the scheduling uh, all the way to then the play out, adding, you know, uh, the ads, etc. Um, so yes, there's a lot of companies now uh, in every single market, every single geography, the, 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 the historical guys are going to more markets, you have local guys, you know, coming on board. So I think there's a plethoric choice of uh, technology partners you can go to to do that, and yes, financially speaking, the the the, the step is you know lower than for a traditional TV, but it's still you know an investment where you have no guarantee on success, right? Because this is ad based, and it's really all about the performance. So if you're doing all of that setup, but there's no money coming your way, you know that. That, that makes it challenging to, 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 to keep up. But what's interesting about Fast, and to make that comparison with YouTube, is that there's tons of uh, outputs you can go to to get into Fast, right? Whereas if you want to launch a YouTube channel, well, you go to YouTube, right? Um, so there's tons of opportunities, distribution opportunities, and and now a lot more different stakeholders are you know have skin in the game. It's not just the CTV guys. You are seeing the pay TV and telecom operators you know getting into it, uh, whether for their own venture like ITVX, or uh, Virgin Media who's seeing this as an opportunity to complement their lineup. So you'll have traditional broadcast channels, and you'll have you know a set a subset. Of a digital or fast uh,
0: channel joining. That's interesting Uh, to kind of bring it back to that dummy perspective again. um, Say I kind of was a a, uh, I own you know I let's pretend I own a production studio called Kid Stuff, and we've we're sitting on a variety of kids brands that we think would make a good um, fast channel. Um, How do we how do we start? Where do we go? What's the steps to us setting a fast channel up?
2: So I've seen a lot of companies uh, either do their homework on their own, right? They have the staff to do that. Others, you know, uh, tend to outsource and and would go to places like, you know, my 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 consultancy or someone else's. Uh, I think the first thing is to take stock of, you know, why you want to get into this. It's kind of the first question, right? Uh, you you don't get into a specific business just because you know people talk about it because it's hot or whatever. It's it's uh, I think it's a, a short term view on things. So why do you want to get in? What what does it take to get in? You know what do I have that you know could make me potentially successful, right? So that can be the content. That can be the angle of the content that I have, right? Uh, we speak about kids' content. Not everyone has exactly that same angle. Some people are keen to entertain, others are keen to focus on learning, etc. get moving, whatever, uh, whatever that is. Um, and then I think you need to do your own work as to what could be a good channel concept. I would say you need to think about it and pitch it somehow Before you do the whole thing, like I would advise against building a channel and then going to platforms, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, you're going to be successful if you're being carried by platforms. So, yes, you can create a a channel concept at a high level, but you don't want to do the full thing. Then go to platforms only to find out that, you know, there's no interest maybe for your brand or your content or they have enough of that or they think it doesn't work. So uh, a lot of that uh, going on. Um, but what's interesting about Fast is that it's easier for a lot of content companies than SVOD was, or direct-to-consumer SVOD, because you don't need to do the whole end-to-end you know, operation of a streaming service, right? You kind of do what you do best, and this is something that you, in a way, already do with YouTube, you know, the, the ecosystem and maybe the requirements are a bit different, but It really speaks to knowing your content and putting it packaging it in such a way that you know it's going to be appealing to an audience it's going to be viewed etc so that's really number one then the rest whether that's in-house or you know with outside help uh of course you need to then get into the creation of the channel you need you know this Digital output that's going to get you know uh, distributed on the likes of Pluto and, and Samsung, and that's where you choose you know uh, the right technology you know partner to help you do that, uh, depending on the size of a company, where your company is at. Maybe you already have you know advertising experience, or maybe you're going to you know be shopping for you know uh, an ad reseller partner. You know all of those, and then of course we all know. Whether that's licensing or uh, distribution, you need to go speak to the platforms who have that direct direct relationship with with the viewers, and ensure that you will be carried, you know, uh, where it matters the most for you know your geography, your type of content, etc.
1: And your objectives, I guess. And um, there's one there's one key thing we touched on in the article we wrote, which. You know, I think was really it's really specific to kids, which is the advertising thing, right? It's it's free ad supported streaming TV, and ads and kids is a tricky area because particularly in a digital environment, you know, there's lots of excellent and correct legislation that that you know prevents tracking and and all that kind of stuff. So the ad, the ad thing with kids is a bit is a bit of an issue, and it's a, it's the same essentially the same problem that that's there on YouTube too, um. What are your views on on that? Thinking about the the type of people who are listening to this podcast, and that that will be a, a a particular pain point or something that they need to consider in in going for this type of approach.
2: I think there's a few things we in our piece we spoke about the fact that fast is still fairly new, right? And and the same way that CTV advertising is newer than you know uh, linear advertising, and so there is still that uh, lag between. Uh, viewership, uh, and engagement, but then advertisers and brands actually embracing the ecosystem, the model, and and sending you know uh, money their way, right? So overall, there's that already. It's still a small, a fairly small business from an ad perspective in comparison to business that have been you know on for for decades, like TV, like YouTube. Um, so that's that's top. What is specific to kids is indeed uh, the legislation, which, yes, it is a must have. And I have to say, my kids do not watch YouTube or really, you know, very little. And I'm very protective of where they spend their time. So um, I think within the fast ecosystem, there's really maybe a fear you know of uh, of making a mistake right and also the fact that uh, as it stands today a lot of the advertising that is flowing in fast has been programmatic so you know for dummies let's say it's automatic yes there's a lot of technology to make sure that it works but it's it's not manual there's not all of those things where you can make sure that you know everything runs smoothly so maybe a bit of a concern of uh, not doing the right thing also, to your point, because of the privacy rules, Fast is really saying, "Oh, we can offer you, you know, a targeted, personalized uh, ad experience—one that is better than the one that you would get, you know, within other ecosystem." And without, you know, the, the the data, you you can't do that. That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, advertise to 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 kids. I think it just takes a bit more massage and 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 work. And we were saying in the piece, you you see companies being. Uh, you know, fairly successful uh, because they have direct, you know, relationship with brands and advertisers. And someone like Otera is a good example. It's interesting because it's a technology vendor, but they also operate Toon goggles. Uh, And so actually for a lot of their clients, they do the technology, but they also do the advertising because they know what it takes to be an advertising for Fast & Kids or for, you know, kids and the OTT uh, ecosystem at uh, at uh, at large.
1: So it sounds like what you're saying is finding someone finding a specialist, you know, around kids rather than thinking you're gonna be able to slot into one of the bigger environments is probably yeah well, you know is probably in, worth um,
2: solution. Yeah in, in, in the US I, I spoke to because there's other segments, right, and niches where uh in some cases maybe the channel itself, you know, is the best suited to actually uh, sell the advertising because they have those existing relationship. And I'm thinking about, you know, companies, uh, like fuse media that cater to, uh, LGBTQ or, uh, they have, um, an Afro American channel, etc. So when you are in a niche, you know, it really well, you know, the ecosystem, maybe it's easier for you to actually go to the right brands and advertisers versus if the platform sells, you know, at a global level. The platform sells the platform. Uh, they don't necessarily specifically sell for a given channel or a given program within within a channel. So if you're a kids channel, then you know maybe the the easiest way is to go do that yourself when it is possible. In some cases, you know platforms keep a hundred percent of the inventory. Um, so in that case, you know it's a bit more like YouTube where you know it's revenue sharing, and then you don't have skin in the game when it comes to selling the advertising.
0: I had one question, and this is, again, probably going back to the dummies for Fast. But is there there any particular characteristic that defines audiences of Fast Channels, or is it just basically everyone that has TV? Uh, Do we have any kind of information about the type of audiences that are watching Fast Channels?
2: We don't have much, to be honest. I mean, the platform, no. but we don't have industry-wide data where you know we can kind of draw you know the typical you know fast uh, viewer profile. I've seen things from Zumo, but again, it speaks to the Zumo platform only. Uh, Pluto released some you know interesting data. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. Uh, I, I I can't think of it you know just right here right there. But they looked at the need states. So one thing that we could look at is, and I'll, I'll share it with you guys, maybe you can share it in, uh, you know, the podcast notes, but uh, Pluto did a survey uh, within, you know, their their uh, audience and platforms across uh, their different markets. And, and they looked into, you know, the, the need states, why people are watching fast, um, when, what are they looking for, etc. I don't remember if they have any data on the age group. Uh, Regarding the age group, it's an interesting one. I think everyone is hoping that Fast will actually bring in, you know, the light TV viewers, the light broadcast TV viewers. So those people that you can no longer reach on traditional TV. I think a lot of companies are hoping that with Fast, because it's digital and streaming and within, you know, platforms like Samsung and Pluto, that you will be able to target those. But I'm hearing very different things. Some people are saying it's just you know the the folks who are watching traditional TV are watching fast. You're not necessarily able to reach those those uh, you know uh, unreachable or uh, light TV uh, viewers. Um, but I think so. That takes us to a major thing, and you know I'll leave it there, and then we can pick it up again. But it's the data portion. Uh, we don't have you know enough. The US has more, but even in in the US where it's very developed. There's no industry-wide data, and everyone complains about that because uh we're kind of operating, you know, in 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 the dark.
1: Right. I will always want more data for everything. Always, um. So, and I feel like in 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 this new world of streaming and fast and all these different options is there's a that's always going to be the ask, um. And hopefully, you know, some more emerges as as time goes on, um. Taking it back to kids you know, kids media owners and stuff like that, you know, what what should they be think like I I'm thinking about other things like marketing, discoverability. I mean you get on you get on to fast, but how do you know people are gonna watch? Um, you know, I know you can't talk about um required volumes in, in detail, but um I w- I would actually maybe pitch a few pitch a few case studies at pitch a few notion totally notional case studies at you and see what you have to say. If if that would be okay,
2: yeah, So assuming the channel you know is ready to go, that you've secured you know um, a certain set of distribution partnership, then you know you're you're live. You're live on Pluto, on Samsung, on on, on Virgin, you name it. Um, and essentially, you're a channel within you know an EPG or you know within a wider app. Um, You're within the kids' genre if you're uh, a kid's channel. And then, you know, the work that needs to be done there, it's both on and off the channel, right? On the channel, the name, the branding, uh, all the graphic elements um, that you can put on the channel that will show people, right, that it is not just a playlist. There's really more to that. It's really a proper channel, right? When you look at... Uh, certain companies in Europe, uh, some fast channel are, you know, within the EPG along, you know, traditional TV channels. So you need to really have that level of 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 quality um, to be appealing. And then once people are in, well, at this point in time, you know, it's the same thing. You need to have great content. You need to have. Uh, a smart programming one that you adapt to you know the time of the day are we the week the weekend etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, as to bringing in viewers uh for sure the promo and marketing you know uh angle is 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 crucial and it's work that is being done between you and the platform so, you have the opportunity to you know submit uh, promo materials that will showcase you know a specific content that you have and this will drive people to your channel and so you see a lot of that you know going on on all of those platforms and especially within the the connected TV guys where uh, Samsung is you know pushing a certain set of feature channel every week you also have you know uh, key programming highlights, etc. All of those things are additional opportunities to make sure that, you know, whenever a consumer is using its TV and the purpose may be to watch linear TV, go onto Netflix, they have the opportunity to see that there is this channel with that type of content. And you know, if they're keen, it's just kind of a click away.
1: So that's interesting. There's a lot of on-platform engagement as opposed to like above-the-line spend or, you know, that kind of thing. It, it feels like it's, it, it's not more of the former than the latter. Obviously, no one's ever going to turn down a marketing campaign, you know, but at the same time, being active on the platform and engaging with the platform on what they need and what they're looking for to, in terms of selections, just like you actually would do with a Sky and a linear, with a linear channel back in the day sounds to be the really key thing.
2: So you do see uh, marketing activities you know happening you know, uh, off platform. You have cool stunts you know ha- now happening more and more. Um, I did a piece in my newsletter about that. Uh, last year you had actually two were uh, Samsung uh, operation. One was in London. They had a truck, a taco truck uh, to pitch the Jamie you know, Oliver uh, channel. Uh, in the U.S. for the launch of the Conan O'Brien Fast Channel, same you had an ice cream truck, and they did you know ATL. Uh, you had uh, you know billboards uh, and the likes, etc. So there's more, more and more of that uh, going on, and, and clearly
1: there's more trucks. It, there's more food trucks is the the key trend. Well, the key it trend. seems that
2: they like food trucks. <laughs> and, oh, but there's tons of other things, right? Uh, you talk to uh, companies like uh, Fremantle or, uh, I'm thinking, Synodyme, Uh Guys who have you know, super huge social following, they use those socials also to, uh, to bring awareness on, on the channel. I was speaking to um, a company operating in Germany, um, catering to the Indian community. Uh, they have a huge following, and so they did a bit of a how-to uh, access you know their channel uh directed towards you know their their communities and where their communities hang out because maybe it's not natural for these guys to be on samsung or pluto or the likes so uh there's more and more but i think the playbook is still kind of being you know uh written and we're not at a stage where you know there's millions pouring in you know atl campaigns like like we see with uh w- with esvad uh the model is a bit Fragile, I would say. You know, just yet. It's still, it's still early days.
0: And then looking at kind of success stories, are there any very successful fast channels that people would be surprised about? Surprised to hear that that's a thing and that that's got um, real appeal and and connection with people. Because because yeah, on kind of when YouTube started, there'd be there'd be YouTube channels that would pop up and you'd be like, wow, I can, I'm surprised that there was that big an audience for for that. Is, are we seeing the same uh, same thing on fast channels?
2: Uh, you'd be best to ask a platform to tell you that, right? Because again, you know, without uh, industry-wide data, uh, there would be just, you know, market insights and it has some value, but it's, it's you know, how it is, right? It's, it's not the same as having a, a clear sense of ooh, this is the ratings of this channel, uh in, in this market, etc. Um I on the kids vertical, um you know there's a lot of cool stuff, right? There's a Smurf channel, uh you have you know the SpongeBob uh, Dora of the world, uh you have uh, sensical uh, in the U.S. I don't know exactly, you know, how how this is going for them, but they launched three channels uh, in the U.S. and these guys are really, they mean it right when they say that they want kids to uh, watch and learn in a secure, you know, uh, environment. So there's a lot of cool, cool initiative. It's very tricky to say if these or even beyond Fast, uh, who who's getting, you know, the love from 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 the consumers in terms of genre. At a high level, what works great is, you know, news. There's no surprise, you know. There, uh, cinema, TV series, factual, etc. Sports, to the extent that you can showcase, you know, live sports, uh, and and kids, you know, uh, the viewership is is there. Again, what we were saying is, you know, how do you make sure that you monetize to make this a sustainable business? And I think, you know, it's still a bit of a work in progress.
1: That's well, that's been a really helpful and brilliant overview of Fast Marion. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your insights because I feel like there's just so much meat there that people are gonna leave enlightened. Andy, are you enlightened?
0: I am I am enlightened. It kinda it's it's left me wanting to find out more.
2: Awesome. Hey, I think what's fascinating is that because it's still a work in progress, there's so much to be done. So like uh, the playbook is being written, right? So the question for anyone is, do you want to be in or out? And for some people, it's out and that's completely fine. Others, they want to go, you know, uh, full on. And some companies are really dedicated to do Abot and FAST. Others are just going to use FAST as part of a wider, wider strategy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the, the next few months. I think 2024 is going to be crucial. Uh, some people are going to make it, but for some people, that's that's it's not going to work out. So there's going to be a bit of a correction, and it's going to be less of a buzzy thing, but it's going to find its place. But as always, you know, uh, not everyone will get a, a seat at the table.
0: That's great. Well, well, maybe we should return to this discussion at the end of 2024 to see how uh, yes, how that played
2: let's out. Let's do that. Absolutely, I love it, guys. Thank you so much for for having me. This is awesome. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Kids Media Club podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Look out for the next one.